Welcome back to It's Not About the Bunny, a podcast about Twin Peaks. I'm Caroline. And I'm Brian. And we know we missed last week. It's actually been three weeks since our last episode, not our usual two. And we apologize, but you know, we're doing this for free and we have a baby. So stuff like that is going to happen sometimes. Yes. The baby is equally important to the podcast. Right. I know I said that the podcast would always come first, but um, the baby sometimes has to tie with the podcast. Each one is our baby in a way. Yes. Yes. The podcast is our brainchild. Mm-hmm. And our child is our... Our child. Our child child. Yeah, right. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, we're going to do another episode talking about a Twin Peaks character in depth. And this week, we're going to the less mystical side, and we're going to talk about Shelly Johnson. That's right. Or Shelly Briggs, as she is in The Return. Or Shelly McCauley. Right, right. I don't think we ever get um, her maiden name no, in the show. No, I don't show. think so. Yeah, I think that's from the books. Um, but that can kind of lead us into our first question about Shelly, which is, is Shelly a Twin Peaks native and does that matter? And mm-hmm. I think like more broadly, what do we know about Shelly's childhood? Very little. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it. we don't know who her parents are, for example. They seem to be completely absent from her life. They're not just absent from her life. Mm-hmm. They're absent from Twin Peaks. Yeah. In that no other character ever references them. No, not at all. talks to them. Or it's as if they don't even exist. Mm-hmm. Which is why I sort of formulated a pet theory that she isn't from Twin Peaks. Mm, interesting. But maybe from the next town over. Hmm. Um, yeah. What's the name of that town that, uh, that they visit at the beginning of Firewalk with me? Oh, I don't remember, but that's yeah. sort of like Twin Peaks, but gritty. Right. That's the one where the, um, the fat trout trailer park yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe that's where she's from. Maybe. Uh, but that might explain why she doesn't seem to have any family in Twin Peaks. But she does have connections. Yes. And I think some of the supplementary material also says that she has known Bobby since she was a little girl. Oh, really? So I think she's been at least in the area and going to school with the other characters Yeah. Um, since she was a child. Um, yeah, that, that makes sense because yeah. we know that she was, I think we know that she was going out to high school. She was, yeah. In and, Twin Peaks. Yeah. And then dropped out. To marry Leo. So it would make sense that she would have been in another town mm-hmm. and had run away and then gone to high school in Twin Peaks. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, there goes my theory. I don't know. <laughs> well, I think it's just, very mysterious. Just based on seeing Shelley on the show and in the film, Shelley is very settled in this place. Mm-hmm. Um, and what connections she has are they all seem to be here. Um, in Twin Peaks. So I think um, if she's not a native, she is from the area. Mm-hmm. Shelly is the closest image we have on the show of the Twin Peaks working class, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's not somebody like um, the Briggs family who would move there for work or something. Oh, yeah. Like, either she's from Twin Peaks or she's from an even worse town. Right, exactly. I think I think that's pretty clear. Or smaller or, yeah, crappier. That's mm-hmm. that's why I like to speculate that she was from the uh, mm-hmm. 
the town from Empire Walk with me. Right. But, uh, because, yeah. well, you know, um, in the return, her daughter, her and Bobby's daughter, Becky, is living in that trailer park. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. So there could be some connection there. Right. Oh, I, I'm embarrassed that we don't remember the name of that town. But uh, yeah. So according to the wiki. Yeah. It doesn't say where Shelley was born. Mm hmm. But uh, it just says that she was the only child born from a dysfunctional marriage. Mm. Her parents divorced early in her life, and her father left the state. Okay. That's from the final dossier. Right. Yeah, and I think um, I've thought a lot about Shelley's parents, especially, I think because they are such a gaping hole in what we see of her life. Um. But, yeah, I think that's clear from the show. They can't have been very good. She doesn't really have anybody to protect her. Right. Yeah, I mean, it. it yeah, her father is out of the state, and mm -hmm. we don't know where her mother is. Yeah. But no one even references her mother. No. Like, when she is um, attacked mm -hmm. and is in the hospital. Right. You know, you, you don't hear uh, Sheriff Truman say, well, maybe we should call her mother. Right. Um, the closest thing she has to a mother is Norma, mm -hmm. um, who I think does love her, but that's not, um, that's not really a substitute, it seems like. Um, and, you know, she, I think at most she's maybe a year older than Bobby and Laura and Donna and James. Mm -hmm. Um, so she dropped out of high school, so she's in her late teens at most. Um, but where was she living before she married Leo? Was she living with her parents? It That doesn't seem clear, because it must have been pretty recent. Mm -hmm. um, and depending on... even yeah. yeah, depending on how old she was when she married Leo, she might have needed permission. I don't know. I think that even if she was born in Twin Peaks and raised there, mm -hmm. I think maybe by the time she met Leo, she was out of the house. Yeah. It was a bad situation mm -hmm. and she was out. I don't know what she did exactly. Yeah. Maybe stayed with friends or mm -hmm. something like that. Maybe stayed with Norma. Maybe. Maybe. Um, yeah. And I think knowing or inferring that she lived in a dysfunctional, perhaps abusive home kind of makes her marriage to Leo make a little bit more sense if she saw him as kind of a lifeboat yeah. out of there, but then he ended up being exactly the same. Yeah. The Titanic. Mm, right. So, yeah, but I think it's important, like you said, that she is from Twin Peaks or mm -hmm. a town like it. Yeah. Uh, she is kind of, uh, you know, she's stuck there, basically. Yeah, I think there's she never even seems to, seems to consider a life outside of Twin Peaks. She doesn't right. really have many ambitions, I think, um, where she couldn't articulate them. Um, I think she'll, she'll be in Twin Peaks probably working at the diner or in some similar job her whole life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, do you want to move on? Yeah. Okay. What does Shelley love most? Is it a person or a thing? And how can we tell? Well, maybe it's Bobby. Maybe it's Bobby. Maybe it's Bobby. Um, I'm not sure. I think I think she does love Bobby, but I also think she loves 
what Bobby gives her. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's especially important to her after her marriage with Leo. I think from the supplementary material, we know that she and Bobby were actually dating before he dated Laura. Um, And that he either cheated on her or broke up with her. And that's when she got together with Leo. Right. And so then they started an affair again after. I think she loves that Bobby makes her feel desired and attractive. I think she loves, um, weirdly enough, a sense of security that he gives her. Um, But I think she also loves uh, things being exciting, which maybe drew her to Leo in the first place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right, yes. She seems to always fall for men that are dangerous or unstable in some Mm -hmm. way. Right. And I think you can even see this, and this is very David Lynch, but her sex life with Bobby is a little kinky. Mm -hmm. You know, they like play with guns um, during (laughs) sex and stuff like that. Um, And I don't think that Lynch, any more than he does with Laura, means to imply that Shelley deserves anything that happens to her. But I think she is kind of drawn to darkness and dark things. Um, to a certain degree. Yeah. Um, she's sort of like uh, Laura, Laura Dern's character in mm-hmm. Wild at Heart. Yeah, I think that's a good comparison. Yeah, and she, I think she, I don't want to paint her as someone who's like totally unhappy. No. Obviously, she's unhappy for much of season two because she's taking care of her former abusive husband mm-hmm. who's now an invalid yeah and she's stuck you know in a situation that's very unpleasant right and, and bobby convinced her it would be a meal ticket right. and, yeah you know but i don't think that she even necessarily wants to get out you know i don't think she has dreams to go to la and become mm-hmm. an actress or something like that sure. i think she just wants a better life in twin peaks yeah but she is you know, maybe uh, someone that has very straightforward desires. Yeah. You know, she wants to be loved. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and if Bobby would, well, I was going to say if Bobby would love her, that would be enough. But then I don't know. Because maybe in the return, that, they're not together. There is that love of danger, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. In the return, they're not together anymore. Although they were married. But we don't really know. I mean... uh, We don't know the circumstances. Yeah, we probably shouldn't put that all on her. Yeah, no, of course not. But it's Uh, clear that he's still in love with her in the return. And she's with Baltazar Getty. Right. Noted Lynchian dirtbag. Yeah, who is a a criminal. Mm -hmm. The the character he plays, not the actor. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but he's shown to be a criminal and evil. Mm -hmm. And one of the characters that is dabbling in the dark arts. Yes, yes. Um, Although we never really see where that relationship ends up, interestingly. Um, But yes, I agree with you. I think Shelly's desires are fairly straightforward. And I think Shelly, if she had um, some stability and safety and was spending the rest of her life working as a waitress at uh, the Double R Diner, I think she'd be happy. Mm-hmm. I think she likes her job. I think she's yeah. good at it. And I think the show, too, um, has a certain amount of respect for that kind of work and thinks of it as important work mm-hmm. and um, something that means something to people. And I think, you know, Shelley likes being a waitress. She likes working with Norma. I think so. Yeah. 
Although she did seem to relish the idea of not working at all. Well, yes. And I think that's, that's interesting too. Whom amongst us? Mm -hmm. Right. Well, I think. Doesn't want to just quit our jobs. Yeah. Shelly is not like a professional managerial class type in that she doesn't really define herself through her job. You know, I think she wants work that is pleasant and not degrading and not uncomfortable. Um, but of course, she'd rather just not work. Who wouldn't? Mm-hmm. Deer Meadow is the name of the town. Deer Meadow, right. Yeah. That's right. It's also where... Um, What's-her-face? Um, the first girl who was killed. Teresa Banks. Teresa Banks was killed, yeah. Yeah, so that was near, near Deer Meadow. So that's why uh, Chet Desmond and Sam Stanley mm-hmm. uh, were sent there. Right, exactly. Uh, yeah, so that's where Habsteiner is, which mm-hmm. is sort of the uh, the Bizarro double R. Yeah, yeah. And that's where Fat Trout Trailer Park is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, but uh, you know, now that we've talked it through, I don't think that that's where Shelly is from. Mm-mm. She is probably from Twin Peaks. I but, think so. Uh, I like the mystery that's implied there. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, I don't know if they intended it or maybe it's just lazy writing. I don't know if it's lazy writing or good writing. Yeah. That there's just no mention of her parents at all. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say good writing. I it creates writing, a little bit of a mystery there. Yeah. You can fill in the blanks for yourself. And it increases the feeling of um, precarity around Shelley's life. Yeah. I think it's it's very important. We've talked about this on our podcast before about how important it is that the Johnson house is kind of half finished. Mm-hmm. You can see through all the walls there's like plastic tarp over everything. Um and how that increases the feeling of Shelley's vulnerability because she's kind of on display and all the violence against her is very visible to everyone, but mm-hmm. nobody does anything about yeah. it. And I think the fact that Shelley doesn't really seem to have any family also increases that precarious feeling. Right. That um, there's nothing there to catch her if something happens to her. There's not going to be a uh, town full of mourning people if Shelley Johnson gets murdered. Right. Um, she'll be more like Teresa Banks or maybe Ronette that people will just forget about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, should we move on? Sure. Um, what frightens this character most? How can we tell? What does this fear tell us? I think during the show, what frightens Shelley most is Leo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's pretty simple. Yeah. Um, but can we say anything more about that? Um, yeah, well, I don't know. It, in a way, when we talk about Shelley, we're sort of talking about things that are more simple mm-hmm. than when we talk about Major Briggs. Sure. Or less abstract, let's mm-hmm. say. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to do a disservice to the character. No, not at all. But I know what you mean. But that's, you know, she, she doesn't really plug into the supernatural aspects of Twin Peaks. No. You know, so what she wants is specific and material. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a better life. Yeah. With Bobby, mm-hmm. at least in the first few seasons. Yeah, and with nobody hitting her. And and she wants Bobby to be a better person. Mm-hmm. You know, and what she doesn't want is to be hit by Leo, right? That's yeah. why, and why mm-hmm. she fears is Leo. It's not an abstract fear necessarily. No, we don't really see her voice any 
broader fears, mm-hmm. uh, like fear that love doesn't conquer all or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, even when she's uh, unhappy in her relationship in her life in season two, it doesn't seem to manifest as like a fear, mm-hmm. fear that her life is going nowhere. Yeah. Um, I mean, she's, she always re- remains very, I mean, she's young mm-hmm. and uh, has a lot of vitality mm-hmm. in life yeah. and energy. So I don't really think she has many fears in the abstract mm-hmm. other than specific things that are threatening her in a given situation. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've said before that I think if the show is about anything, it's at least partly it's about violence against women. And I think a lot of the female characters on the show are meant to be foils for Laura in that respect. And, um, you know, somebody like Laura, her death and what is done to her is kind of magnified in this cosmic sense. It's supposed to have destabilized the material world. And then you get somebody like Josie who um, was preyed upon, but we don't really know a whole lot about it. And it's very mysterious and um, sort of glamorous. She seems to kind of come from this film noir um, universe. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas Shelley, it's just as mundane and ugly and generally ignored by everyone as it is in real life. She's a young woman who married a guy who makes her wait on him and who hits her a lot. And that's really all there is to it. There really isn't a a mystery element. There really isn't a, you know, reason why he's doing it. That's, you know, dark and mysterious. There isn't um, a glamorous, mysterious past that she's escaping or something. It's, she's a working class young woman um, she works at a job all day and then she works for her husband all night and mm-hmm. he hits her and that's it. And she would rather that stopped. Right. Yeah. It's, inter- it's interesting. I, I hadn't really thought of it like this before, but she's almost like in a different show. Yeah. Yeah. It's like her show is completely realistic. Mm-hmm. Of course I've said that Twin Peaks is the most realistic TV show ever. In some ways. Um, but uh, obviously that's, uh, I'm exaggerating somewhat or uh, kind of playing on the fact that it's a show with all of these surreal, mm-hmm. supernatural elements, yeah, um, soap opera pastiche, things like that, mm-hmm. uh, that somehow manages to actually convey a lot of, yeah, a lot of what it's actually like in America for mm-hmm. everyday people. Yeah. But in Shelley's storyline, it, it's only the realistic part. Yeah. And it's, I respect the show a lot for showing it this way. And in some ways, I think it's very ahead of its time. Although, you know, the feminist analysis of domestic violence that I think informs it was had already happened. But I like that Shelley is a victim of all of these things. And she's clearly presented as a victim, but she's not a perfect person. No. Um, she is cheating on her husband. Um and she's not cheating in a sort of harlequin romance way where she's just um so driven to despair that she's seeking comfort in another man's arms comfort and security you know she has fun with bobby Mm -hmm. during their affair and she just likes having sex with him 
Yeah. It, it's exciting. And she likes that. And um, she chose to marry Leo. She wasn't tricked into it. Yeah. Um, other than just being well, a, teenager. a teenager. Yeah. Um, but there are women like that all over. Right. I, when we say she's not perfect, I don't. I don't want to imply that morally she, imperfect. No, I don't think she's she morally imperfect. But as someone that, yeah, doesn't always make the best decision. Let's say. Right. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, and and um, you know, she she's also she doesn't have that Laura Palmer duality. No. She's not particularly bad. Mm-mm. But she's not particularly good. She's no. just a normal person. Yeah. She doesn't do Meals on Wheels. Mm-mm. She actually uh, makes fun of Leland climbing into Laura's grave. Yeah, let's we'll talk about that a little bit more. Okay. In the next part, but yes. But yeah, um, again, I, I think she's. Uh, she reminds me of of Lula from Wadded Heart. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Lula, right? Laura Dern's yeah. character. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's. I don't know. I, in a way, this is a hard episode mm-hmm. for us to record. Yeah. Because there's not so much to dig into here. Mm-hmm. But I don't want that to uh, imply that that it's not an interesting character or an engaging character. Because mm-hmm. I feel a lot of love for this character. Yeah, I do too. And um, throughout season two, I always enjoyed checking in on her and Bobby. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And I think um, Madge and Emmick and Dana Ashbrook always had just such great chemistry together. And yeah. so it was always really fun to watch the two of them doing something, even if it was a completely ridiculous storyline. And even if the show outside of them kind of dragged on. Yeah, that's a good point. A lot of the credit goes to the actors. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for fleshing out these characters, mm-hmm. making them seem real and... And interesting and exciting to watch. Yeah. And I think, you know, we've talked about um, how Twin Peaks seems to have the most beautiful women in the universe all gathered together. Um, and, you know, Shelley is one of those people. But I think it's um, it's such an interesting contrast because visually, you know, Matched and Amic was and is so beautiful she seems like she might be too big for this town like she mm-hmm. she couldn't possibly be living this you know mundane anonymous life in this small northwestern town um but everything else about her makes you think well of course she is what else is she going to do mm-hmm. um she looks like a model but that's really the only thing that sets her apart I think she is probably more like most of the people who live in Twin Peaks. Right. Well, look at Norma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Norma was Miss Twin Peaks. Exactly. And it didn't really take her life anywhere. No. No. Um, and so maybe we can we can talk about that. We talked about it a little bit, I think, in the episode episodes we did about the pageant. But it's it's interesting that Shelley does take part in the Miss Twin Peaks pageant, but Mm -hmm. she seems to be pretty cynical about it. Yeah. Um, There's that scene where she does the, um, you know, fake little speech about world peace or (laughs) whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And she really does treat it like a joke. She's only in it because Bobby is kind of making her and they both want the money. Yeah. Um, 
And I don't know whether that has something to do with the fact that she knows it didn't really do a whole lot for Norma's life or what. Yeah. Yeah, this is making me wish that they had, that the writers had actually fleshed out the character a little more Mm -hmm. uh, and given us more of a window into her thoughts about Laura. Mm. Although maybe the there's just not that much there. Like, yeah. she, you know, we've touched on this. That mm-hmm. Maybe she just didn't think about Laura that much other yeah. than as like a, a, a romantic rival. Mm-hmm. Well, let's move on to the next question, which is about that, mm-hmm. um, which is how is this character, oh, right, Shelly, yeah. connected to Laura? <laughs> um, how is Shelly connected to her death? Um, how does she feel about her death? I think what's interesting is that Shelly is so closely connected to people who are connected to Laura. Yeah. Um, namely Bobby, of course, but also Leo, who was sleeping with Laura and uh, was there the night she died. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know that Shelley um, was slightly, actually slightly involved in the Meals on Wheels program because it was run through Norma's diner. Yeah, I think she handed them yeah. off mm-hmm. to Laura. Right. Um, well, that's true. It's interesting that in that scene in um, the episode Zen or the Skill to Catch a Killer, um, Shelly Johnson is listed as one of the possible Jays. Right. And she's described as Laura's friend. Oh, I forgot that. Yeah. But I think that's the only time where she is described as Laura's friend. And she she doesn't really have anything to say um, about Laura um, and never talks about her or reflects on her death at all right and there aren't any moments later on that would paint them as closer together together mm-hmm. like there are with audrey mm-hmm. because audrey in, in early episodes doesn't seem like she was that close to laura but then yeah. later we see that there are pictures of them together yeah um or that you know we know they socialize just because their fathers work together right yeah i mean in fire walk with me it seems like Laura really only had one good friend, and that mm-hmm. was Donna. Yeah. Um, but she was probably friendly with Audrey. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, they did activities together because their their families mm-hmm. knew each other and were friendly. But, we, but with Shelley, yeah. The, the only thing that really connects them are the men in their lives. Yes. Um, especially Bobby, which would make you think that Shelley probably didn't like Laura much. No. Um, if Laura was one of the things that separated her from Bobby, Mm -hmm. which makes it sort of interesting. She does go to Laura's funeral, but then in a later scene in that episode, she's seen describing to a couple of locals at the diner, um, how Leland jumped into Laura's grave and she's making fun of it. Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah. Cause it's very mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember you said that you didn't think it was in character for Shelley. Well, it's hard to say because it is really insensitive. <laughs> and um, we never really see her do something like that again. No. Um, but I don't know. We never really see her do anything particularly sensitive either. Yeah. And that's why I think it does make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, just because she's someone that is not invested in the idea of Twin Peaks as a community. Yeah, yeah. 
because I think she realizes no one has her back. Mm. So I don't think she feels the need to, um, I don't think she feels like that she has any real commitment to other people in town just because they're in the same town Mm -hmm. or they're mutual acquaintances. You know, I, I think that to her, Laura was just a girl that was making her life harder. A rich girl who a was rich making her life harder. harder. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think she hated Laura. No. We don't see any evidence that she did. If she did, it would make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think that unlike other people in the town, mm-hmm. for Shelly, Laura was not that important. And the reason may be, if I can spin it in a sort of positive way for this character, mm-hmm. Laura's centrality to most people in the town was because they needed to use her to fulfill yeah. a psychological need. Mm-hmm. But Shelly is a working class woman mm-hmm. in, a, in an abusive relationship. Yeah, she, Laura doesn't she has do no anything need. for her. Mm-hmm. She has no psychological need to put Laura on a pedestal. I, I think that's completely true. And I want to kind of expand it. Um, we see Shelly making fun of that, of what Leland does at what the Leland funeral. Does. That's just one of the um, crazy things that happened at the gravesite. The other is Bobby's blow up mm-hmm. about the way the town used Laura and spit her out. And Shelly must have witnessed that. Yeah. And it always makes me wonder, what did Shelly think about her secret boyfriend <laughs> saying something like that about his other girlfriend? Right. And what would somebody like Shelly, who is, as you said, a working class woman, not a lot of money, in an abusive relationship, um, what would she think about someone saying about this town rich girl who everybody was in love with, including Shelly's own boyfriend. Um, what would she think about him describing her as the one that was being used by everybody? Yeah. Shelly must think that she's the one who's being used by everybody. She's being used by Leo. She's being used by Bobby. She is the one who doesn't have anybody looking out for her and doesn't have anybody um, thinking of her best interests. Well, I mean, I would say it's it's worse mm-hmm. because, or <laughs> it isn't actually worse, but she would perceive it as being worse. Yeah. Because she is going through some of the things that Laura went through, mm-hmm. not everything. Yeah. But also no one cares. Yeah. It's not important. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's just, she's just a regular girl being mm-hmm. abused. Yeah. She's not. She's not the town queen. Right. Yeah. And that, and maybe that's why she isn't interested in the pageantry mm-hmm. or is, and isn't, you know, she was at the funeral. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, but she, maybe she didn't take it that seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's very, it's a very sad and I think realistic thing. Um, you would hope that when women see that kind of commonality, um, and see that they're both being abused, sometimes both being abused by the same people, um, as is true in Laura and Shelley's case, that that would affect some kind of solidarity or yeah. um, at least sympathy, but so often it doesn't happen. Yeah, although... I don't I, blame Shelley for that. But Yeah, but I keep coming back to the fact that we don't really ever hear what Shelley thinks about Laura. Yeah. And... I'm not sure. I, I, I keep thinking that it's bad writing, that mm-hmm. maybe it's even sexist, that they just 
the writers weren't that interested in fleshing out this character. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, when I think of how that would have worked out, yeah, it would have been her, would have been another scene like where, where Donna was yelling at mm -hmm. Laura's grave. Or if not that exactly, it would just be more of like Shelley being jealous of another woman. Yeah. And in a way, I kind of like the implication that it's, it's not that Shelley hated Laura. She just didn't care about her. Right. Yeah. And even though she knows that that Bobby was um, was sleeping with Laura mm -hmm. and is still obviously in some ways he's feels connected to her, mm -hmm. you know, to give that that speech mm -hmm. or diatribe at the funeral. Yeah. Um, she's confident enough in herself. Yeah. And also, she's alive and Laura's dead. Mm -hmm. uh, that she doesn't feel the need to be jealous, and yeah. and she doesn't. You, yeah, it would be nice if there were more solidarity there, but I don't think that there's the opposite of solidarity. I think that for Shelley, mm -hmm. Laura was just a girl, just yeah. like she's just a girl. Yeah, and things happen to girls, and that's life. Yeah, and I think it's. I think you're completely right. And I think it's important that that happens in the same episode where Cooper tells um, Albert angrily, Laura Palmer's death has affected every man, woman, and child in Twin Peaks because it's evidence right there in that same episode that no, it hasn't. Yeah. And, you know, maybe there's a bit of a tension in mm -hmm. the way that we analyze the show where mm -hmm. we, we always come back to Laura being important. Yeah. And we look at her importance as something that, it's almost like a silver lining to mm -hmm. the trauma that she went yeah. through. But then are we doing the same thing mm -hmm. that the people in the show are doing, which is putting uh, her on a pedestal. Yeah. Like yeah. saying, uh, you know, she must be special. Mm -hmm. Like we have to create an idea of her. Yeah. Um, and that's robbing her of the ability to be just normal, just a girl. Right. And that, and just, a, just a person mm -hmm. uh, that, and the things that happen to her happen to people every day, every day yeah. without fanfare. Yeah. And I think that's really, yeah, I agree. And I think that's why Shelley is such an important character um, because everything that happens to her is very mundane and very down to earth and ugly and doesn't have any kind of cosmic significance attached to it. Right. And that's, that's the reminder that things like this happen to women and girls every day all over the world and nobody cares. Right, and Shelley's heroism isn't, uh, you know, having a kind of martyrdom. Mm -hmm. It's just moving on with her life. Yeah. And trying to make the best of a shitty situation. And finding whatever dumb pleasure and happiness she can with yeah. her dumb dirtbag boyfriend. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, and I don't think we're barking up the wrong tree to say that that's her heroic for David Lynch. Yeah. Because that's all that Wild Heart is about. Right. Wild Heart. Yes. You know, that's exactly what Wild at Heart is about. And it's it's treated with the utmost seriousness. Mm -hmm. No, I, th I completely agree. I think he really believes that to pursue love and happiness in a violent and dangerous world is one of the most heroic things you can do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like literally everything is against that. Yep. Um, you know, and I think there's a bad version of that where people are just psychotic. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, you know, Shelley and Bobby aren't. They are sensitive to the evils of the world. Yes. Uh, and, and they're affected by them directly, mm -hmm. you know. So if you are aware and you're not 
actually one of the people adding to the evil of the world, mm-hmm. um, then yes, it's it's not easy finding happiness. Right. There's a scene in Wild at Heart where they're on the road and listening to the radio mm-hmm. and they're listening to some gruesome news report. Yeah, I remember. And they switch the station and it's another news report of something else, some horrible mm-hmm. event or cataclysm. And again and again, it's the same thing over and over. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Lula just screams and it's like, stop the car. Yeah. We've just got to, we've just got to rock out. Yeah, we've just got to dance it out. We've got to dance it out for mm-hmm. a little while. <laughs> And, um, God, I relate to that scene yeah. more and more every, every day. Every day. That, yeah, it's just the world is so awful sometimes yeah. that um, just keeping your head above water mm-hmm. is like, you know, like a sort of hidden Golgotha that we're all <laughs> yeah. taking part in. Yeah. Well, I, I've, felt this way especially since having a kid that sometimes the only way to survive a world like this is by holding fast to what you know to be true and important and um the people that you love can be that thing yeah right sometimes it's not god Mm -hmm. or jesus yeah sometimes it's sex yeah but it can can be loving sex Mm -hmm. you know right um, but it also just be sex. And mm-hmm. that's, that's a big part of, of Bobby and Shelley's relationship that yeah. we see. And mm-hmm. we can see how vital it is to them. Yes. And keeping them together. And, and how yeah. vital it is to Shelley in keeping her sane. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what she needs to survive her life. Right. Well, it's, it's her pie and coffee, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it's, it's actually in line with, with Cooper's philosophy mm-hmm. that you have to give yourself a treat. Yeah. And, um, you know, you, you could look at that as a sort of like as classist, you know, like, well, some people can't afford treats. Right. Kind of, but you know, everyone has treats. Yeah. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, the poorer you are, the more people look down on your treats. Yeah. I think that's true. <laughs> uh, because your treat is like maybe, uh, Meth. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or something <laughs> in a brown paper bag. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and well, and you know, I guess your treats become more dangerous to you. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's fucked up. Right. Like the, yes. the treats that you can, you have access to, uh, <laughs> they need to be uh, more potent because mm-hmm. you have bigger problems. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and so they're, they're more dangerous and, and yeah, I think a lot of Lynch's work is about this this fire of desire and, mm-hmm. and passion that can be consuming as well as saving. Mm-hmm. You know, Wild at Heart is again. This is not a podcast about Wild at Heart. No, but it's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, and that movie is is showing you that it's that's that line between the the fire that consumes and the fire that saves. Yeah, because the whole and really that movie is full of dread and you keep thinking, okay, this is going, these kids are going to end up mm-hmm. dead. Right. That's where they're headed mm-hmm. because they're crazy. They're, they're stupid. stupid. <laughs> um, Everything is against them. Right. And this is all they have is their desire for each other, mm-hmm. but that's nothing yeah. really. Yeah. Um, you know, is, is sailor is not even a good person. No. As he says, he's wad at heart. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yes. Um, he uses a slur at one point. Yes. <laughs> but uh, and then in the end, they have a happy ending. Love is enough. In the end, love is enough. Mm-hmm. And even love that is like earth, earthly love. Yeah. That mm-hmm. involves sex. Yeah. And involves imperfect people who often do bad things. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, that can be enough. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, next question. What does this character do in their spare time? I feel like this is hard to answer about Shelley because I feel like Shelley had so little spare time. Yeah. Um, especially in the first couple of seasons. Um, she works at the diner and mm-hmm. when she's not working at the diner, she works for Leo. Mm-hmm. Um, both before his incapacity and after. Yeah. Um, I think what she does in what little spare time she has is Bobby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why she does. That's what she does. She does Bobby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think you're right. Yeah. I don't know what she would do in her spare time if she had any. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, in real life, probably watch TV. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you know, we never... See, do we see her at the roadhouse? No. Yeah. Well, no, we do once. It's when she goes to um, follow the clue that was left by Wyndham Earl. Oh, okay. And she yeah. meets up with um, Audrey right. and Donna. That's the only time, I think. Yeah. And we see her at the roadhouse um, in the return. Yeah, well, she would never miss a chance to put her life in danger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's, like, so excited. I know. She's a uh, sweet girl. Bad decision-making skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that's that's mm-hmm. that's about it. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's a pretty straightforward person. You know, in the return, she has some spare time and she spends it hanging out with her friends, um, going to their bar, which is the roadhouse. Um, and that's that's it. Yeah, and maybe that love of danger is, is the flip side of, of her, um, her love of life. Like yeah. That, we keep saying she's not that ambitious, but maybe mm-hmm. that's a sort of uh suppressed ambition coming mm-hmm. out like, maybe there's got to be more to life than this mm-hmm. yeah well i think it's um a sort of sad um character dynamic in that i think she does have a love of danger but she also craves security yeah um and so pursuing one means she loses the other right yeah I think a lot of people could relate to that. I think so, too. Okay, moving on. Um, is this character living the life they want? If not, what does that life look like? We kind of talked yeah. about, through this before. I think Shelley is more or less living the life she wants, but she just wants it to be better. Right. Um, she wants to be with Bobby instead of Leo. Mm-hmm. Um, and she wants to not be slaving away as leo's housemaid yeah um but i think she's fine working at the diner i think she's fine living in twin peaks with the friends and um people that she has yeah well and maybe that's is that her story is that her story in the return 
Mm. That her dalliance with Balthazar Getty is her desire for something more. Mm, maybe. Is it a bit of a Wizard of Oz? <laughs> Explain that. Well, the Wizard of Oz is a movie about settling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And uh, not dreaming too big. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one way to put it. Another way is to say it's about enjoying the small things in life. Yeah. But uh, because, yeah, I mean, in the return, we actually don't know if she dumps Baltazar Getty. Mm-hmm. I kind of think it's implied. Yeah. Um, or that, at any rate, her her relationship with Norma mm-hmm. is stronger at the end. I think absolutely. And I think a lot is implied by Norma um, turning down the franchise deal at the end yeah. and saying, I have a family and I need to take care of them. I think... Shelly and Becky are included in that. And I think that, um, yeah, it's sort of implied that normal will kind of, if not take charge, then, uh, yes, yes. Come in and, and help them and settle them down. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, I don't think she gets back together with Bobby. No, but yeah. I Although think... I read an interview with Match and Amick who said that she <laughs> thought that they did get back together. <laughs> or she hoped they would. Yes. Uh, and uh, Mark Frost said in a Q&A that <laughs> warrants were issued for Red's arrest. Mm. Is that canon? Just something Mark Frost something said Mark in a Frost Q&A? Something Mark Frost said in a Q&A. Uh, I like that sure. he has his own head canon. I know. <laughs> <laughs> he's, just, he's, like, uh, he's like J.K. Rowling. I yeah, guess. He's... yeah. Except hopefully not. Well, yeah. Um, The log was gay the whole time. The log was gay the whole time. Uh, Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, No, I think it's implied that that Shelley is in some sense saved at the end of the return. Mm -hmm. Um, And it it does have to do, like, you know, I think her and Norma are both tempted by uh, what's what's outside of their small lives yes and what they learn is to appreciate Mm -hmm. the relationships that they have and i think you know it's um one of the scenes i think about a lot in the return is when shelly is uh trying to intervene in in becky's disastrous marriage to a drug dealing dirtbag and and she like leaps on the back of the car that becky is in and I remember the first time I saw it, all I thought was nobody ever did that for Shelly. Mm-hmm. You know, she didn't have a mom who was like practically dragging her out of her dirtbag marriage by her hair. Yeah. Um, and maybe if she had, a lot of things would be different in her life. Um, yeah. But I think the fact that Shelly is willing to do that for another person, for her daughter, and... Her daughter has that yeah. in her life means that they're they're going to be okay. Yeah, in the return we see a lot of characters repeating the mistakes mm-hmm. of the past. Yeah, but we also see that there is the chance for marginal mm-hmm. improvement and yeah. progress. Yeah, and that's that's really what life is. It's mm-hmm. not uh, mastering the red room so you yeah. can go back in time and and change every bad thing that happened and every mistake you made. Mm-hmm. Um, the happiness in life is, yeah, just doing a little better than your parents did. Yeah. But if so you, or, maybe, or maybe actually yeah. just to rephrase that, mm-hmm. doing for your kids what your parents didn't do for you. Yes. Yes. 
a successful life for Shelly is not her being a millionaire somewhere. It's her being a loving presence in her daughter's life in a way that she didn't have. Yeah, it's like the the the, the wheels of karma keep going and going, but mm -hmm. you can just like stick a spoke in them or, mm -hmm. or put a penny on the tracks or something. Just right. slow it down uh -huh. somehow. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's all we can do is just slow down the wheels. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, um, what is this character's relationship to the economy of Twin Peaks? And um, I think this is interesting. Shelley is working class, um, but she is working class in the service economy, um, which is increasingly what Twin Peaks is becoming. Right. Um, as opposed to a manufacturing economy mm -hmm. or an agricultural economy. Um, so, yeah, do you want to talk about that at all? Well, I think, I mean, I'm not sure there's more to say than mm -hmm. that. And we've sort of talked about how her position in Twin Peaks also maybe immunizes her mm -hmm. against believing in Twin Peaks as an idea. Yeah. Uh, or falling for the idea that it's an idyllic community. Mm -hmm. She knows that's not the case. Yeah. Because she's on the bottom. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I'm not sure what more there is. Yeah. I mean, she... Um, in a weird way, the double R is the place in Twin Peaks where class kind of disappears mm -hmm. in that everybody seems to go there. Yeah. Like the working class truckers and loggers go there, but mm -hmm. um, the Haywards also go there. Right. Um, the Palmers go there. Uh, the Briggses go there. Um, the cops go there. Mm -hmm. um, and that means that Shelley can potentially have connections to all different kinds of people. Um, which other people in Twin Peaks couldn't have. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think that um, that's interesting. I'm not sure where I'm going with it. Um, I want to talk about, uh, although I'm not sure how to connect it, you know, the fact that when Gordon Cole comes into the double R, he's like smitten mm -hmm. um, with Shelly immediately and thinks she's the most amazing woman he's ever seen, which is such a nice thing because nobody ever says that to Shelly and she deserves it. Mm -hmm. um, that's like what you would expect people to do when someone like Machin Amick lives in their town just to constantly be going, oh my God. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Mm -hmm. um, it's sort of the position that uh, the bartender and yeah. the local watering hole might mm -hmm. have. Right, right. Do you think Norma will leave Shelly the diner? I don't know. I mean, that's that's an interesting relationship mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, Norma is a small business owner. Mm -hmm. She is Shelly's boss, mm -hmm. but they're also friends and uh, maybe even, as we've said, they're, uh, you know, they're like family. Mm -hmm. Um. And normally I would say your boss can't be your family. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I think this can happen in uh, certain situations, especially mm -hmm. in a small town, yeah. in a very small business. Mm -hmm. 
Um, you know, I don't think that Norma would fire Shelley. No. <laughs> if that meant like making a profit. No, I don't think so. In some of the supplementary material, I think in the final dossier, they say that when Shelley and Bobby got married, um, his mother and Norma helped them with a down payment for a house. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's significant. That's a big thing to do for somebody who just works for you. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Uh, I mean, it's kind of sad, mm -hmm. I think, if your only family is your boss. Yeah, absolutely it is. Um, maybe in a way we see Norma and Shelley in the return, they're trying to, they're trying to hold on to something that people think existed, mm -hmm. never really did exist in a, mm -hmm. in a persistent way. Yeah. Which is like the small business as uh, something outside of capitalism mm -hmm. and something that was just like, uh, oh, the corner store is like just the uh, part of the community. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not, you know, you can work for someone without it being an antagonistic relationship yeah. because they, you know, they were friends with your dad or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, we're all family. Uh, I think Norma kind of fights that. Mm -hmm. uh, she fights the impulse to completely um, commodify mm -hmm. all of her relationships yeah. by turning down a chance to make a lot of money mm -hmm. off of the diner. Yeah. You know? Um, and to what extent you can really, uh, avoid that relationship being antagonistic in real life. I don't know, mm -hmm. but it's an interesting position that they're in. Yeah. You know, I think the fact that Norma turns down the deal mm -hmm. is proof that she values the relationships formed through her business mm -hmm. more than making money out of the business. Yeah. I think that's true. You know, but if it was a different choice, like a choice between um, firing Shelly and closing the business and becoming a waitress working for someone else, mm -hmm. I don't know. That's yeah. a harder decision. Yeah. I mean, uh, she's not just a small business owner. She's there doing work. Mm -hmm. uh, she's not just managing yeah. her workers. She is also she's making the waiting pies on people. And waiting on the people. Pie. Right. You know, she's an owner-operator. She's an owner-operator. A lot of people Mm -hmm. um you know but she we never see her in a position where she has to defend yeah her rank no that's true uh and you know once you have gotten climbed out of mm -hmm. the the class of, of working for someone else mm -hmm. you don't want to go back no yeah so yeah. i think you know, I don't want to be too cynical about this relationship. And also mm -hmm. it's a TV show. Right. But uh, you can't ignore the fact that Norma's class position is higher than Shelley's. Yes. Yes. Uh, but then that goes back to your question. Like, could this potentially, you know, could they solidify the familial aspect mm -hmm. of this relationship mm -hmm. through an inheritance mm -hmm. sort of thing? Like yeah. passing on the business. And that would allow Shelley to rise up a little bit. Mm-hmm becoming an owner operator. Right. I, and I think that Norma would do that. I think Norma would. I guess I'm just thinking about that too, because um, Peggy Lipton was ill when they filmed the return. 
and died not too long after. Um, so I feel like that hangs over at the end of it a little bit. Man, being an actor on Twin Peaks has to be one of the most dangerous I jobs. I know. Oh. Okay, so last question. Does this character have any political or religious beliefs? What can we infer about them? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that um, Shelley is somebody who is not interested in politics no. or religion or ideology in any way. But I do think that makes Shelley potentially vulnerable to radicalization. If could be. she meets the right radicalizer. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> do you think Shelley is into QAnon? No, no. No, I don't think so either. But I do think that there's a kind of um, kind of person you meet in real life mm -hmm. who is like a very tough woman yeah. who's been through a lot of shit mm -hmm. uh, who was also a Republican. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, I don't know. This, <laughs> this question really gets us onto thin ice, I mm -hmm. think. Uh, I don't think Shelly votes. No, I think, you know, uh, right. I, I, I don't even they... think she votes for like the mayor of Twin Peaks. Yeah. I mean, uh, of people that I know that she reminds me of, I have an aunt mm -hmm. who is, um, of all my family is probably the least Republican. Okay. I don't know if she votes or who she votes for. I'm pretty sure her current, boyfriend husband uh, <laughs> is not a republican yeah uh, don't quote me on that um but uh you know i don't think she's that political mm -hmm. and uh to the extent that she is it's sort of like a hodgepodge right i think for most people it's like that right okay. exactly uh but definitely not like attached to a particular party or worldview and mostly doesn't think about those things because uh -huh. She's got more important things going on in her life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and she's she's focused on making her life the best that it can be. Yeah. And given the situation she has, and of course, would it be better if she developed solidarity with other people fighting that fight? Right. So that they could do more for themselves or their children. Yeah. Um, than they can do on their own. Yeah. I think mm -hmm. it's very American yes. to not connect your struggle with other people's struggle and yeah. to just and we kind say, of... what am I going to do? My life is my life. And mm -hmm. I just, whether, however bad it is, um, that, you know, whatever happens to me is sort of naturalized. Uh, mm -hmm. It's just like, uh, it's just nature. It's just the wheel of fortune turning, or maybe even God's, God's hand in, in the world. Uh, yeah. Dispensing what, I think, you know... I think some people on the left um, can sometimes, make the mistake of thinking that um, suffering is enough to activate people politically and that yeah. even, even um, knowledge of suffering is enough to activate people politically. Um, Shelly is somebody who has a lot of bad shit in her life, at least in you know the first two seasons of the show. She hates it. She knows it's unfair um, and she wants it to stop, but she mm. never really politicizes that. No. in any way um she doesn't connect um her domestic violence to any kind of 
um, part of her status as someone in the working class. She doesn't connect the fact that she has so little protection while somebody like Lara seems to have so much. Um, she doesn't, I think, connect that to, oh, well, it's because I'm working class and she's upper class. Mm -hmm. She doesn't connect, um, oh, well, she's suffering in the same way that I am. It's because we're both women and I can politicize it that way. Right. Um, she just doesn't do it. And I think that is very American and very true for most Americans, sadly. Right. Well, class consciousness has to be developed. Yeah, it does. It's not it something doesn't. that just exists out in the world mm -hmm. um, because it, it is something that is fostered by material conditions. Mm -hmm. um, and to the extent that there are cultural factors in America, they're definitely working against the development of class consciousness. Yes. So I think there's two things. Uh, one is you almost have to be deprogrammed in mm -hmm. the United States because yeah. you're just raised uh, with this idea that anyone can get ahead if you just work hard enough mm -hmm. and deserve it. Right. Uh, which is a very reactionary idea because mm -hmm. that means that when inevitably people don't get ahead, mm -hmm. but they worked hard and feel like they deserve it, they assume someone must have interfered with the process yeah. from the outside. Right. Uh, you know, some someone from the outside came in mm -hmm. and caused a problem. Mm -hmm. You know, right? Because uh, because naturally the system rewards hard work, yes, and virtue, yes, right. Uh, so that's one thing. And number two, you just have to have, I mean, the material conditions for it. Mm -hmm. um, and if you don't, you it just takes more work. So I don't know that she would be radicalized per se, but she could, this kind of person could develop class consciousness, mm -hmm. um, which is the first step. Yeah. It's not something we ever see, but it could happen. Well, the fact that she's friends with her boss is like probably the biggest obstacle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, and Norma's love for her and the fact that Norma helps her makes her more dependent on Norma. Right. But, you know, potentially there's uh, uh, um, a future where Norma tries to leave the diner to Shelly and mm -hmm. Shelly says, well, I don't want to just own it on my own. Why mm -hmm. don't I make it a worker co-op? <laughs> That's not going to happen. <laughs> but it could happen. She she could, you know, code it with uh, what's her face, the German waitress. and Well, let's say not. Okay. Her counterpart now, mm -hmm. like, I mean, I think as, I mean, you're seeing Starbucks getting unionized. That's true. That's true. Apple stores. Mm -hmm. uh, medieval times. Medieval times, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And like, uh, so that could start to filter down, you know. Yeah, that's true. And then also in cities, you have more and more um, restaurants that aren't chains or franchises. Mm hmm uh, are either unionizing or becoming worker cooperatives. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, in our city, our local, um, uh, uh, hardware store, Ace, our local Ace Hardware is a workers cooperative, mm -hmm. you know? So, uh, you know, I could see that filtering down to a restaurant, sure. um, in a small town mm -hmm. with that has, that runs on a service economy. Yeah. So I don't know, but at any rate, um, yeah, you. If you're not like, if you don't have a bunch of workers being exploited on a factory floor mm -hmm. together, yeah, um, 
and then going off living in the same neighborhood, mm -hmm. uh, then it's it's maybe harder. You're more like a sack of potatoes. Right, right. That doesn't add up to anything. Mm -hmm. uh, Still, we believe in you, Shelly. <laughs> You have nothing to lose but your chains. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. Again, it's a very realistic show. This is yeah. a realistic portrayal of of uh, working class life in America, which mm -hmm. is that there's not a lot of class consciousness. Yeah, um, exactly. Although I, th I think people are more bitter now mm -hmm. probably than they were. I think working people are generally a little more fed up now yeah. than they were when their show aired. Yeah, for sure. And there is, yeah, that's why, you know, I said what I said about the worker co-op thing. It's like, um, when this show aired, mm -hmm. there was a sense that, you know, history had ended. Capitalism had won. And real politics was over mm -hmm. in the sense of like radical change. Right, right. Um, unions, uh, you know, were looked on, uh, looked upon almost as dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. Um and, and a lot of people still have this idea, the reflexive idea. Well, unions out there are bad. They uh, they make people lazy or they're corrupt or they... Or maybe they had their purpose, you know, right. early in the industrial period um, in terms of codifying certain labor regulations and rights. But those are just a matter of law now. So we don't need mm -hmm. the unions to be doing that anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a process that takes time. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, that's why I think that um, I wouldn't say that she's ripe for radicalization, mm -hmm. but she, more than anyone else in town, you know, yeah. she, that we that is a main character, mm -hmm. she is not really benefiting. Yeah. You know, she is on the bottom of the totem pole in Twin Peaks. And she's still there in the and return. she's going to be there mm -hmm. her whole life unless she... Unless something changes. Unless someone generously mm -hmm. leaves her a restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's her life. Mm -hmm. uh, but the reality is she doesn't view that as as an injustice or unfairness. Uh, or if it's unfair, it's unfair in the same way that it was unfair when Bobby cheated on her with Mara. Or it's unfair that um, one person is pretty and another person isn't. It's just kind of unfair in a... Life isn't fair. In, in a life way, Yeah. Right. It's not something that was done to her because people made decisions. It's just, it just happened. Right. Or because Ben Horn continues to mm -hmm. um, use all the means in his disposal, both legal and illegal, mm -hmm. to own as much of Twin Peaks as he can. Yeah. 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 Uh, I don't know if we're going to... Are we going to do Ben Horn in this series? We should. Okay. Do you want to do I, Ben Horn next? I have questions. Uh, I have some ideas about his politics. Okay. Yeah, I do too. All right. But well, I think that. I think we answered that question. Um, well, what about religion? I think... Sure, Shelley? Yeah, we don't really see any no. hint of that at all. Religion is something... And maybe we can do a full episode just about this. Religion is something that is very absent from Twin Peaks in general. Yeah. Um, with a couple of notable exceptions. Yeah. Um, right. And that could just be that the writers don't want to get into it or sure. it would just be a distraction mm -hmm. or the show has its own mythology anyway. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I, I wonder if it seems strange to someone who, who doesn't, who didn't grow up in a small town that, mm -hmm. that a, a woman like Shelley, mm -hmm. you know, would be irreligious. 
we just mm-hmm. like not care about religion because mm-hmm. that to me that is very realistic yeah but i think there's a popular perception that sure someone like shelly would be an evangelical christian mm-hmm. or something like that yeah uh, a lot a lot of people are sure but um you know there's this idea that religion and uh, religion is like a working class thing in america yeah i think but so. um i don't think that correlation is really there mm-hmm. uh it, 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 i haven't seen it anecdotally yeah. i mean i think that um well also class in a small town can be a little porous too mm-hmm. for sure um but yeah no i mean i think plenty of people that are working class and have hard scrabble lives mm-hmm. um for whatever reason, they're not necessarily religious. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are. I don't know. Yeah. Now, now I'm just talking in general. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that Shelley is. And I and think I, I, yeah. that that's a realistic. Exactly. My thing. only point is like that. Yeah, yeah, you could meet a person like that in real mm-hmm. life. It's not, um, you know, I'd be realistically, uh, I, I would more expect Leo to be religious, to be honest. That's interesting. But I, don't know. I agree. I agree. Leo, I think, is the most conservative character we see on the show. Yeah, are we going to do Leo? I don't, I don't think there's much to talk about, but I do think that what we see of the Johnson marriage is very traditionalist in a way exactly. that is, is very stifling to Shelley. And even if she wouldn't put it in quite those terms, that's yes. another way that she doesn't politicize her situation. Yes. But I think Leo is somebody who thinks, okay, the wife does this. The wife doesn't ask questions. The wife just does the laundry and the cooking and shuts up and that's right, it. Right, exactly. Um, and that is something that Shelley chafes against, but mm-hmm. she can't quite find the terms to say, okay, this is patriarchy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. So we'll be back in a few weeks. Um, notice I say a few, not two. We'll do our best. We'll do our best. Um, and our next character will be Benjamin Horn. But until then, we wish you nothing but the very best in all things. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. We are expecting to release new episodes of It's Not About the Bunny every two weeks. So if you like what you've heard and you want to keep listening, please subscribe uh, wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a nice rating and review. If you don't like what you're hearing, that's cool, but please, please keep it to yourself. Bye. The sycamore Oh. Um.
Oh.